Today's podcast episode is sponsored by the Reconnective Healing Global Community. I don't know if you guys remember, but back in 2020, we released an episode with Dr. Eric Pearl and Jillian Fleer about reconnective healing. He was a chiropractor who was working in his practice in Los Angeles, and his patients started to report that they were having these healings just with his hands being near them without him actually touching them. So he went on to research and try to find out what this universal wisdom was behind what was happening, and he developed the reconnective healing process. Their website is thereconnection.com, and they are offering an online level one class called The Portal to awaken your own healing ability and to learn how to do this. There's over eight hours of interactive content where you will learn to interact with energy, light, and information to experience lasting knowingness, peace, and love without limitations. They gave us a coupon code to give to all of our listeners. It is PATH2PORTAL. We're going to put that in the show notes, and that's 25% off of the Portal Online Level 1 course. I hope you guys enjoy. Let me know if you take it. Send me an email. Would love to know how the course works for you. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I have a very special guest, actually one of my Reiki students, who I also share office space now, Sherry, my good friend Sherry, said, I have a friend that you have to meet. You guys are kind of on the same path. You have so much in common. And I said, who is she? Give me her information and let me meet her. And I had the opportunity to do a call with her prior to this podcast. Just love her energy and love the information that she's going to bring to you guys today. Her name is Laura Mazada and she is an LCSWR. She is an expert therapist, an Akashic healer and alchemist, a Reiki master with over 17 years experience, and her mission is to empower lightworkers and therapists with chronic conditions through their deepest, most profound healing. Laura is particularly passionate about guiding therapists, coaches, and healers in the space of the Akashic records to gain efficiency, clarity, and decisiveness for their business and personal lives. She knows the most successful formula for limitless business expansion and an optimal vitality is potent core level healing combined with uniquely soul aligned business strategy. She is here to guide clients and hopefully guide you along that journey today during our our talk. And I am so excited to have Laura here. So Laura, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah. So I'm really excited for you to share your story. Like so many people that I have interviewed before that really come to their spiritual awakening, I have found that sometimes it comes and is sparked through physical illness. So you really had an interesting time in 2016 where it sounded like you were riding high in your therapy business. You had a waiting list, you said, for like five years. You know, it was building, 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 but there was just was something that was still 
a little bit off. And then you were hit with some medical challenges in 2016, which eventually launched this huge awakening and now really kind of birthed this beautiful business that you have now and how you're helping people through the Akashic Records and Reiki and all of that. So yeah. So can we start with that? Can you share your story? Absolutely. I'd love to. So yeah, I was, I was honestly in the best shape of my life. I had been starting to run again, which was quite the shocker. And I was feeling really good. And my business was flourishing at three kids, at three kids and everything was going well. And I just started getting a little achy and I was like, what's going on? I wonder if I have Lyme and I need to, to reach out to my doctor. And then two days later, I woke up with a 99 fever and in 30 minutes it went to 105 and I had to call 911 on myself for the first time in my life. And when I got to the hospital, they quarantined me because they thought I might have meningitis and I didn't, but I ended up having sepsis. And so I was admitted for a few days and the nurse said to me at my bedside, she was like, why did you wait so long to call 911? And I said, I didn't, I, you know, it peaked within 44 or like 40 minutes, not even. And she said, if you had called us 30 minutes later, we wouldn't have been able to do anything for you. And I'm so grateful that I live in New York because at the time, it's very different now because there's been a lot of sepsis awareness and education and advocacy. But at the time, there were only two states in the U.S. that had sepsis protocols and New York was one of them. So the second I arrived actually in the ambulance, they started the sepsis protocol. But if they hadn't, I, I don't know what would have unfolded. And so It was completely shocking to me. I I had no idea what was going on. And this was completely out of left field. At least it felt that way. I'm sure it wasn't to the universe, but it felt that way. And and I was dizzy for three years. I couldn't walk for a good few months. And, um, you know, my husband was bringing me food in bed before I put my feet on the floor because he would just fall over. And I mean, it was it was, and the cognitive decline was, was very disheartening because I'm a therapist. I've been a therapist for 20 years. You know, that's my livelihood and my passion, you know, and I have all these clients that I'm supporting. And so I would not be able to form sentences or really understand what they were saying. So I obviously needed to take some time from work and, and that was really supportive for me. But the neurologist said to me at the time, you're just going to continue to decompensate. And, you know, I'm sorry to say, but this is what it's going to look like. And I just didn't believe him. And it's funny because prior to that, I had always been type A rule follower, you know, listen to the doctors and do what, you know, be the good girl, do what you're told. And um, I didn't know why I didn't believe him, but I just very, very strongly knew that that was not my future. And that was my intuition speaking. And of course, I had already been intuitive being a therapist. But this took it to a whole nother level because what it did was it really activated a spark within me to assist me with looking outside of the box and being able to say, okay, what are ways that I can heal myself that are not on the traditional path? And so I started into doing some Reiki and receiving some of those treatments. And I started working with a lot of different energetic modalities. The emotion code was a brilliant one. But when I found the Akashic Records, which to be honest, I rolled my eyes at at first because I was like, oh, just another modality. Here we go. Right. (laughs) Same different name, but it's not, you know, and I entered the records and I noticed that when I'd be in that space, I had no symptoms. And then when I would close the records, I would feel really, really energized. 
And my husband, who didn't believe in any of this, would say, I have no idea what you're doing, but keep doing it because you are getting so much better and so much better quickly. And there was just, there was a magic to it. The results spoke for themselves. And although my logical brain kept kicking the can down the road and saying, this doesn't make logical sense. This doesn't make logical sense, right? I just kept coming back to it. I kept being drawn to it because it was making me so much better. And then I started noticing shifts in my loved ones and in my clients. And it was at that point that I decided I need to share this. Like this is, this is a level of healing that goes to a depth I have never experienced before. And that I want to introduce to as many people as possible for prevention in addition to healing. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So I have so many questions. <laughs> Let me break it, break it up into three sections, maybe. Let's just go back to the beginning. What is sepsis? So people or, know what that is. And, you know, I remember my best friend's mom got it right before she passed and always felt, I always feel like I've heard that term and I feel like it might be an infection within the body that spreads throughout all the internal organs. I could be wrong. You're going to tell us. But I also feel like anyone that I've known who had got it was already in the hospital, pretty much dying and on their way to to transition. So can you just let us know what that is? Yeah, a sepsis, I mean, it has, it's got an extremely high mortality rate and um, it is very commonly acquired in the hospital mm -hmm. because people are already vulnerable, right? And so, and and yes, it's it's very common right before people transition. So, so what it is, is it's typically started by a bacteria. They were not able to identify the source of my sepsis, which is why they sent me down to New York City specialists to be able to identify an immunodeficiency that I have that I don't develop antibodies. So that's why they couldn't find anything. But it's typically caused by a bacteria. And what happens is this bacterial infection basically escapes into your bloodstream. So wherever it's been housed locally, it then spreads through your entire bloodstream and then attacks your organs. And so what happens is it happens very rapidly because it's in the bloodstream. It just starts shutting down your organs one by one. Mm -hmm. So what happened with me was the first thing, luckily they caught it so quickly with me because of the protocol that they administered right away. That my organs, I mean, there's a couple, there's a little damage here and there that I'm working through still to this day. Um, but the primary damage was to my neurological system. And so, and which makes sense, right? Because that's systemic. So there's, there's a lot of neurological damage that I have healed enormously from to this point and will continue. But yeah, that's, that's basically what happens with sepsis. It kind of like escapes and then has its own life and, and travels around. Right. Okay. So then you turn to some of these healing modalities and the Akashic Records really sounds like it blew it open. So how did you come to find Akashic Records? Did you just like take a course? Did you meet a practitioner or how, who was the person that really opened you up to this process? Well, my girlfriend was actually the first one who introduced it to me. She is somebody who has been doing energy work and she and I have been kind of on the same path. And so she had found this modality. And that's why I was like, oh, what are you into now? <laughs> what are you doing now? You know, and but it just kept coming into my field. And so I found um, a mentor that she was actually following as well that I connected with and I followed her for a while and I connected with her for a couple readings and again, was kicking the can down the road to kind of get a feel for this. And then finally, honestly, I just threw up my hands and said, all right, universe, fine. Like you keep bugging me about this. 
It doesn't make any sense. I have no idea what this means because it was a big investment financially and time-wise and energy-wise. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for this, you know? And the, the message that my mentor gave me was, it's not that you're too sick, because I was also still very sick, you know? It's not that you're too sick to do it. It's that you're actually so sick that you need to do it. You know, and I was like, okay, hadn't thought about it that way. And so I dove in and it was funny because I, of course, enjoyed learning and getting the coursework and all of that, but it still didn't make sense to me until I was on my own doing my own readings, because it was then that I really got to experience how the Akashic Records uniquely interacts with my energy and how I communicate and how I connect with people. And then it just took on its own life. And I was like, wow. I mean, everything just opened up and I could feel it in every cell of my being. And I was like, wow, this is, I felt like a powerhouse. And I remember reaching out to her the first time I used Reiki in the Akashic Records and said, oh my gosh, I feel like such a powerhouse. This is amazing. Awesome. Okay. So now let's define for people just in case this is the first time they're hearing the term Akashic Records. I know I've, I've interviewed a couple of people. I think there was a Hay House author that we had, Linda Howe, maybe I think reads the Akashic Records and, and stuff like that. And, you know, each time I hear it, I learn something new, right. And something different and, you know, we'll have you define it. But my understanding is that, well, did you see the movie with Jim Carrey? I think it was, was it Bruce Almighty? Oh yeah, yep. Right, and it's kind of like they're in this movie. I mean, that's such a spiritual movie, like now looking back, where like he has this filing cabinet and it like extends completely out, knocks him against the the wall. And basically Morgan Freeman is like, oh, this is every file of anything that you've ever done in your entire life, you know? So now looking back at that movie, I'm like, oh my God, they I think they were referencing the Akashic Records. So is, is, it my under, is my understanding correct that it's kind of like any and all information of any life that we had ever lived, anything that we have ever said or done, is housed kind of like in a database of a computer and stored and that we when we learn how to go into the akashic records we can access that information yes exactly that's exactly what it is and i like to call it google for the soul because what you do is you know when you're opening your record it's like you're taking the book of you off of this spiritual library that exists in the clouds and the librarians are your angels your guides loved ones ascended masters and so they're kind of keeping everything safe and housed there and, and, and overseeing it, really, and holding safe space for it. So when you take the book of you off the shelf, it has all of the information from the time your soul first sparked, your past lives, currently future lives, and you can ask any question you want. So any question that's coming forward around your physical health, around your relationships, things that have unfolded in your life, your history you know, chronic patterns that have been occurring for you. And that's where I find it to be the most helpful is people with any kind of chronic patterns, right? These could be chronic doubt, chronic guilt, anything like that. To be able to really gain insight as to its purpose, insight as to how it fits in on your path and how you're meant to be integrating this into your day-to-day. Okay. So when you opened yours up and you started working with it with your own energy, what is the insight that you got about the sepsis? I mean, I think clearly we both know 
it was part of your path for spiritual awakening. But like, was it something that you also experienced in a past life? Was this a medical issue that was now coming up in this lifetime? What kind of insight did the records give you in order for you to be able to heal it? So I think there's a couple of things. There's like the spiritual underpinning and then the human message, right? And so the spiritual message was really about, well, there were, there were, it was two prompt. One is, yes, there, there was a past life that I was in where I died very early of lymphoma. And so that was a very systemic kind of reaction. And I actually had a lot of very agitated lymph activity, understandably with the sepsis, et cetera. And so it was very related to that. And so it was bringing me something that was a little bit less intense, let's say, because I was able to recover from it than what I had experienced in past life. So it was kind of resolving that journey of healing. But also it was, I, I think the bigger piece was ancestral for me, that there's a huge ancestral lineage within, you know, those that I have known in human form and those I haven't known of a lot of density being carried through my family line that is really, that's, it's my purpose to be here to clear that on a bunch of different levels. And the human suggestions that I received from the records were really, you know, your purpose is, is to really be connected to your body, to have an intimate relationship with your body and to operate at a level of presence and patience with it that really no one in your family line has been able to accomplish in addition to even me and past lives, right? So introducing patience, introducing presence, slowing down and being really, really intentional and focused because I am 100% here to be able to guide people um, through this light that's within me that had been dimmed for many years. You know, I was quite the spunky human when I was younger and I dimmed a lot of that you know, because it was too much for a lot of people. And so it really assisted me. When, and this is pretty typical, right? With spiritual awakenings is you, you get encouraged to really open up to your true self and be unapologetic about it. Yeah. So do you feel like the Akashic records, do they tend to heal the mind because you're bringing a lot of intellect and awareness into your healing? Or can going into the Akashic records very much offer a physical healing, say like the Reiki energy can. Yeah, I, that's what I love about it so much is that you get to tackle every layer in the, in the Akashic records. Like Reiki energy, I love Reiki energy. In fact, I'm, I'm working with somebody today on Reiki energy and it is, it's so loving and so gentle and so free flowing. And what I like about combining that with the records is that you can just open the Akashic records and do nothing. You can just sit there and receive and you're going to receive healing because it exists at such a high frequency and such a high vibration that you're automatically receiving healing just by being in that space. So I encourage people who aren't really accustomed to that space, just hang out there, you know, just go there and meditate, go there and do your journaling. You don't have to ask specific questions or, or get specific answers right away, you know? But the other thing is when I would bring Reiki into the records with me, that really amplifies it, right? Like that amplifies the healing. You can bring any kind of modalities in to be able to assist you. But the reason I like the records so much is because I feel like it's that perfect masculine and feminine balance, right? Like we're getting that holding structure where we're really safely held and we can download specific protocols unique to exactly what we're going through at the time 
in addition to receiving this really beautiful flowing healing energy and just allowing it to be unstructured as well. So I like that you get both. Yeah. So what's the difference between somebody trying it on their own compared to having a session with you, somebody that's trained, somebody that's really accessing them on a more frequent and regular basis? So I think that if you've had a lot of intuitive experience, you're going to be able to access the records on your own and very likely get a decent amount of downloads and be able to navigate and make that space your own in your own way. Right. But there's also people who like, for instance, it took me some time and I was already intuitive, but it took me some time because I was so physically ill. And so my vibration was operating very low and it took me time to kind of gradually adjust to a higher vibration. And that's a good thing because we don't want to adjust too quickly because it can be very jarring to our system. I still appreciate every once in a while getting a reading from a colleague because it really allows me to just totally relax and feel held and getting just a different perspective, right? Just like if we were doing that in, in human form with having conversations with different people. So it can just kind of amplify that. Plus being in your records with more than one person definitely amplifies the energy. And just that's what we call co-creating with the universe. Everybody kind of collaborating and everybody's energies there together. And so that can really just amplify the impact and the messages that you're bringing through. Yeah, I kind of feel like you know, for those of us who are more intuitive, like I might be able to access my own, but there's a part of me that feels like I'd feel more comfortable doing it with somebody like you because do I have some sort of emotional bias or blockage or can I really trust what I get and be like, well, am I just, is that really the Akashic Records or is it just, am I making this up or is this what I want to hear? Or, you know, so it kind of, when you have that person like yourself, that's very neutral about it, you know, it almost feels like you might get a stronger delivery of information, even though they always say the answers are within, you know, you can go within, you can do this stuff for yourself. But I do think sometimes when you have such a strong emotional component to something that's going on physically in your body, it can be hard to like move through that, that emotional resistance that sometimes we can have. Yeah. And I, and I love that you just described that because really what that is, is doubt as well, right? We're just doubt, we just doubt it. And that's normal. You know, we're human beings and this is all the unseen. And so, yes, it is normal to, to doubt. And we work through that a lot in my Rise Akashic Immersion program because it's, it's funny because, yes, we go through all the modules of inner child healing, forgiveness work, past life work, current life regressions, you name it, astral travel, et cetera. And in our group coaching calls, we're working through doubt probably every single week. <laughs> <laughs> every single time we meet because it's a part of the human process. And honestly, it just takes consistency. It just takes consistency and repetition. And when you consistently have that feedback, then you start to trust it more. And you're like, oh, okay, I got this. And then you're going to have less of a need to sit with someone else. Unless like you said, you really are stuck in a particular symptom and you need more perspective or honestly just need to really relax into it. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally agree. Now, I know you mentioned too on your website that you found through your own healing kind of some of the best seven healing modalities. And one was the Akashic Records, Reiki, tapping, meditation, mindset coherence, body work, and inner child work. 
And I couldn't agree with you more about that seven set of seven. You know, I haven't done much work in the Akashic Records, but I feel like through meeting you, I'll probably be jumping in more and understanding this more. But, you know, I do Reiki regularly, the tapping, the meditation, have dabbled in some of the mindset coherence with heart math. Yeah, heart math is magical. Yep. Yep. Actually, you know, also teaching um, some of the veterans that, you know, I worked with about that too. And the inner child work I have found to be some of the most profound healings that I've done with my clients who have come in. And it's just, you know, it's so funny because it's like, oh, do we have to go back to childhood again? You know, (laughs) but it's like so powerful, you know, and I feel like every time you bring that inner child into like a meditation session, it just brings people to their knees, right? It's like they just see their inner child, the tears come, like you can just have so much empathy for your inner child when you really get to talk to it and meet it and consistently consult it, you know? I just did a pretty uh, intensive 14 week program and it was all about like meditation, the inner child work. But what I found interesting was that we didn't stop talking to the inner child. It wasn't just like, okay, you have one session, you did an inner child work session. That was it. It was really encouraged to like bring your inner child everywhere you go. And throughout the 14 weeks, she changed. She looked differently. She was happier, you know, from the day one. I was like, oh, you poor little thing, you know. So I'd love to hear more about your your work with the inner child work, either on yourself and also with some of your clients. Yeah, I just got chills from that, too. So thank you for sharing, because I love hearing that. And that's exactly what I was just going to say is that it's cultivating a relationship. You know, you're cultivating a relationship with your inner child just like with your body, just like with your guides, just like with your angels, just like with God, you know, you're cultivating a relationship. And so we need to learn how does this entity or person or being communicate with me? How do I communicate with it? What is the energy like between us, right? And so it's not just about listening to the inner child, but also how do we co-create? How do you give the inner child a voice so that the inner child has the ability to really with all of the information it holds from past lives, from your ancestors, from what you've experienced in this life, it has immense wisdom to be able to give you in terms of how to move forward in a way that's really balanced. And so I remember the first time I did inner child work and man, I was a sobbing mess. (laughs) I was such a sobbing mess. And I was like, this is awful and phenomenal all at the same time. (laughs) Absolutely. So painful and literally opened me up to levels of myself that I was like, wow, you know? And so it's really being able to give yourself the time, space, and patience to be able to open to those kinds of experiences. And for me, I'm teaching people in my Akashic Immersion program, not only how to, I'm guiding them through their own inner child work because I firmly believe that that deep healing is absolutely necessary to be able to provide this to other people, but also teaching them how to do this with others because this is a relationship that you want to connect with every single day. You know, whether it comes to play, it doesn't always have to be sobbing, right? It can just be play, creativity, you know, getting passionate, Figuring out what, what do you want to do today? What feels really good? Do you want to be set free or do you want to be held and soothed? And that's the kind of information that assists us with attending to our needs before it shows up in our physical body or in mental health symptoms. 
Right. Yes. Love that. Love all that. My experience was the same. It was like horrible and wonderful all at the same time. Still is every time I work with the inner child. So I guess another question kind of going back to, you know, the sepsis that you had. And like you said, you're still working through some symptoms, you know, so I'm just curious to know, like what that's like, you know, do you ever get exhausted from it? Is it just like, when is this going to heal or... Do you ever lose faith or doubt thinking, I'm doing all this work, I'm doing the Reiki, you know, how many more times do I have to visit my Akashic records? When will my body just become whole again? Or do you have to get to a point of some sort of an acceptance of maybe that this is, there will be a couple of things that maybe will not fully heal? Or is that a limiting belief? So I'm just curious to know, like emotionally and just even physically, how do you handle some of the residue that still reminds you of this and still working through it and kind of accepting that or dealing with the frustrations of it? Well, I honestly can say that sepsis is the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> it's truly the best thing that ever happened to me because yes, I was very happy. Yes, I was very successful. Yes, I have a beautiful, loving family. I have so much love in my life. But guess what? I wasn't phenomenal and now I'm phenomenal. And so it's being able to see that it opened up that window for me. And sepsis, it's funny because I have full acceptance around it. I've gone through a lot of forgiveness work and shadow work around that. And I am in nothing but appreciation for the fact that I now see a lot of the depths of myself that allow me to live a much more full life. And are there times I get frustrated with my symptoms? Yes, there are times I get frustrated with my symptoms, but it's fleeting or I give myself the moment to allow it myself to cry it out or to allow it to move through me because I know very confidently that it's energy and energy is always moving. And so it's going to move out. And no, I do not doubt that I'm going to continue getting better. And I don't doubt that all of this stuff is helping me, but I have gone up and down with that in the past, over the past five years. I had a lot of moments, my tantrum moments, right? <laughs> Where I'd be like, this is ridiculous. Why am I doing this? You know, like this isn't doing anything for me. And then would quickly return to look at everything that it's done for you. Look at how much it's opened up for you. And I actually appreciate that I'm never going to be the same person that I was before. And I don't want to be. I really don't want to be. I mean, I love myself so much now. And I mean, I loved myself before, but I didn't realize how deeply I could love myself. You know, it's funny because as a therapist for 20 years, I took really good care of myself. I had great boundaries and good self-care. Now I have phenomenal boundaries and immensely deep self-care, which there's a huge difference between the two. Yeah. Even the way, even the word that you used to describe it, right? Phenomenal. I love that. It just has so much power. It makes me like, just want to keep clapping for you. I'm like, well, it's great. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And that's, you know, I, I think a lot of listeners who may be going through something with their own chronic illness or maybe a short-term illness or something that they're going through, I think hearing you say that is really uplifting and just gives a lot of, I think, hope to people. And also it just really shows the perspective, right? It's like perspective is everything, you know, and the way that, you know, you're able to look at how you are now and how you feel phenomenal. It's like, maybe if those symptoms do arise, it's like the gain that you got is so much more than, you know, maybe feeling achy one day or, you know, having feeling really tired, you know, it's like the trade-off of what you received from it. 
It is. And I also, honestly, I interact with it very differently. So like before it would come up and I would do one of two things. I would immediately go to victim mentality, which was like, (laughs) you know, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Or I would go to, oh, here we go again, right? Like my mind would go, like, what does this mean? And what is this turning into? And blah, 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 right? Because I was si- really, really sick for years. And so that I, I would kind of go into that. And now when symptoms come up, I have this very gentle, compassionate curiosity around, okay, what's my body trying to tell me right now? What do I desire? What do I need? I attend to it and I'm great. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can bring in that channeled energy of I'm connected to infinite resources, you know, and I get to to regenerate these resources and replenish any moment I desire and to be able to realize the power of that in the moment. And trust me, it took me time to get there. It took me a, a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really is about loving yourself enough to be consistent with reminding yourself of that when it comes up and you get frustrated because you're going to get frustrated, you know, and just to be able to continue to return to that compassionate understanding and reminder, whether you have, I mean, I used to have reminders going off in my soul and every single hour, (laughs) you know, so that I could keep bringing myself back to what I know my truth is. And I don't need to do that anymore, but there's so many lovely tools that we have here in the 3D (laughs) that we can use to assist us as we're, as we're working through this. Yeah. And I think some of the key words to talk about is consistency and repetition, right? Even with your classes and what you teach and, you know, how you're helping people, but also helping yourself. I mean, I think that's the key in anything that we do is consistency and repetition. And that can work for us or against us, you know, but yeah. So let's talk about um, some of the people that you help and some of the people that you work with. So are you just primarily working just with coaches, therapists, or do you see people from all different walks of life? I see people from all different walks of life. Yeah. It's, it's really anybody who is truly interested in healing, healing for themselves, right. Empowering themselves. That's one of the biggest differences that I feel between the work I did as a therapist and the work I do as a healer and a coach is, you know, that level of empowerment to say, you know, no, I, you, you get to create all of this yourself and you get to listen to your own wisdom. You're smarter than me on what's going on with your body, what's going on with your mind, what's going on with your soul. And it's funny because I'll tell you this really quick story. There's this client that I was seeing for years, love her so much as a traditional therapy client. And, you know, we were having a conversation one day and she was asking about what she wanted to do, you know, when she grew up for her next career. She was like, I don't know. And she was going back and forth. And based on everything that was in her heart and who she was, we were talking about that this one path made the most sense for her. And then we, we opened her Akashic Records. She was open to it. And so we opened her Akashic Records together. And the Akashic Records were like, no, it's clearly the other path. And I said to her, see, this is exactly why I do this because I'm very well educated and I'm very, very good at what I do. But there is nothing like divine intelligence and specifically your own divine intelligence that's specifically related to your path and what you're meant to do here. And I said, I can know you like the back of my hand and be so loving towards you and know what seems like it's in your best interest. And despite that, 
when we access divine intelligence, it's always going to have that on point guidance. Yeah. And that's probably a great example, too, if you want to talk a little bit more about like your shift from traditional therapy into, you know, using more of these modalities, because like myself and like you, I can completely appreciate this. I found that a lot of these modalities did way more than the clinical, traditional clinical interventions that were taught in grad school. Right. Yeah. And I, I say it all the time. I'm like, I really, truly believe that in grad school, therapists need to be educated with intuitive courses or intuitive skills, you know, and yes, we get a little bit of that, you know, and we're encouraged in that direction, but really enhancing this intuitive piece makes a huge difference because you're not just following a structure, you know, and like making sure that you ask the right questions and that you stay within the box to be able to check everything off so that you can say that this person is healed, you know, because every single person is a snowflake, right? Like everybody has a different pattern energetically and who they are and what they're meant to do here. And we as human beings, we, we just cannot see that with the naked eye. We can't, no matter how hard we try, no matter how well educated we are. And so for me as a traditional therapist, of course, love what I've done my life in my life and so committed to my clients. But I started to notice that my guidance was creeping more and more towards only spiritual and energetic practices because I, I no longer believed in the practices that were coming forward. And it doesn't mean that there isn't a place for them because there is a place for them. But I do firmly believe that it's just one layer. And that particularly, again, with people with chronic patterns, they then get frustrated because they really are trying hard. They really are implementing these skills and they're hitting their head against a wall, feeling like, oh my gosh, I keep doing this and I'm feeling defeated because I'm not getting to where I want to be. They would feel better temporarily, but then would it have long lasting effects? Sometimes, but particularly for those with really chronic symptoms, there's something deeper there, something deeper that you, I just wasn't able to access. And I'm a lifelong learner. I mean, I'm so curious. I'm constantly learning new modalities and referring people to programs and bringing in other experts. And I'm very outside of the box as a traditional therapist. And so knowing that, I was like, you know, this just goes so much deeper. And just being attuned to Reiki and the Akashic Records, I started seeing this openness in them really starting to open up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so many of my clients from traditional therapy are reaching out to me you know, in the past couple of years and just saying, wow, like, thank you. Thank you for going on this path because you've completely, this has completely changed my life. It's not me that's changed their life. It's the energy, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I like, I just appreciate you so much because this is exactly what I've been doing just in my own business of making that transition. And, you know, for some it's, it's can be hard, you know, like some of my referral sources, they still want to send me people that just want to do therapy. And I have to say, like, I'm no longer doing traditional clinical therapy. Like, yes, will clients who come to me tap into my clinical skill base? Absolutely. You can't shut that off, you know, like, you are always going to have that clinical knowledge and probably always kind of assessing certain things, you know, with that expertise that you have. But like you said, it's just when you begin to incorporate these into a session, it's so much more expansive, you know, and sometimes it could be hard for some of just like my colleagues who are referring, they're like, okay, so wait, so you're not doing therapy? What are you doing? You know, <laughs> I'm like, 
I guess the best way I could say is I guess I'm doing some sort of spiritual coaching, you know, not not quite sure really what to call it, but it's not it's not traditional therapy. So you can't call it therapy per se, but it does feel like it's more of like this this coaching, which I like with coaching, it just feels like you're empowering the client more. Whereas therapy, like you said, it's like they're coming to a therapist or like coming to a doctor and you tell me what's wrong with me and you give me the interventions and tell me what I should do. And I kind of feel even the word coaching has the ability to say, hey, we're doing this together and I'm not the expert and I just want to lead you so you can find your own answers. Not saying that therapists don't do that per se, but I think, you know, the way that we're kind of branded you can kind of be put without even realizing it on a little bit of that pedestal. Like we can sometimes put doctors like the all knowing, like you're the all knowing about my mental health, you know, fix me. So what what are your thoughts about that? I'm really glad you're saying that because I, I feel that too, you know, cause I've always been very, very collaborative with my clients as a therapist. And that's why I was like, wait, but I, I always did empower my clients. Like I was, I was very strength based, right? Like, yes, I did that. But it was different because I think two things. One, exactly what you just said about the fact that I'm this authority figure, mm-hmm. which I mean, whatever that means, you know, because of my degree or my, my role or something. But I think the other piece is that the other thing you said about when people come into the doctor and say, here's what's wrong with me, you know, the mentality of people coming into the mental health field and into the medical field are, I have noticed a symptom and I want to fix it. So they're looking for a fix. And that approach just on its own, right, is disempowering. Right. And so when we're looking at spiritual coaching, I also really like to say it, I also like to pose it as spiritual teaching. Because for me, it's about teaching people how to access this wisdom and the solidarity within them so that you're staying ahead of the symptoms, right? It's almost like, it's funny because I used to, I was an eating disorder specialist for 20 years. And I used to go into the high school and do presentations on educating kids about body image. And then I went into the middle school and was educating kids about body image. And then I was going into the elementary school and educating kids about body image. It kept getting earlier and earlier and earlier for prevention. So it's the same kind of thing, in my opinion, like I'm getting chills everywhere right now because that's Oh, it's even choking me up because this is exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing, because I want to prevent people from getting to that stage where they notice a symptom. And so they go in to see someone. I want people to get to know at a young age, their power, their, their inner voice, their spiritual selves, you know, their energy, the way they tick, that there isn't something wrong with them. Like my son very, very clearly has ADHD, you know, and I don't care. I'm like, I don't care what you call it. You have a very activated nervous system where you have a lot of passion. You have a lot of energy. How do we channel that? How do we use that? You know? And so it's being able to understand your energy and how it operates rather than saying you have ADHD, you're being labeled and therefore you need to follow this path. And I'm not saying there isn't a place for it because information is great. Information is always helpful, but it's not a a rigid prescription. Mm-hmm. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. I am so glad Sherry introduced us. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
love Terry so much. I know. She was right on. And she she's a, a social worker. She took your Akashic Records training, you know, as well. And, you know, for the therapists who are out there and you are looking for other modalities, you know, I think Laura's your go-to girl, definitely, you know. And I just, I, I feel just so compassionate too for our fellow therapists who are looking for more, expanding their own intuitive abilities or feeling like there is just something more that I need, you know, for my practice, you know, and I think like you've said, looking outside the box, being curious and exploring can really expand the service that you're able to give out into the world. So. Yeah. And can I just say something really quickly is that I want to reinforce how helpful this is for any treatment providers with just your boundaries and that vicarious trauma are taking things on. Because when you're coming from a spiritual perspective and you're channeling divine energy, even if you do, do still decide to approach with traditional techniques, fine. If you get yourself into a space spiritually and, and like with heart coherence, right, where you're really centered, it, whatever they bring forward, you're tapped into that universal intelligence and it's not all on you. Right. Like it's not all on you. You don't have to feel this pressure to like save someone or to be like, we're the lifeline. You know, whatever you say is is what is going to impact their next steps. You know, if you're connected to that, you're going to be bringing through things that, you know, this person is ready to integrate at the time that, you know, isn't going to be too much for their field. And I just want to share that because that helped me so much, especially at the beginning, because it really relieves a lot of that pressure that I think impacts some of the care that we provide. Absolutely. I, and I wish I learned that earlier on. I think it took me almost like seven years before I actually, that might've been when I started learning Reiki and learning about like the energetic boundaries and stuff like that. Because yeah, I mean, when you're green and you're out there and you have your first job as a therapist, you're like, I'm going to save the world. This is wonderful. And yeah. you know, there's a real reason why you need supervision, <laughs> you know, because it's just like your heart is like bleeding. And yeah. what does it mean to have boundaries and not think about your clients 24 seven, you know? But yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you said that. That is a really important point too. So I'd love for you to share how people can find you. You have so many wonderful offer offerings and options of how people can utilize, you know, your gifts, your services. So just go for it and let people know how they can find you and what you have going on and anything that you have going on for 2022. Absolutely. So you can find me at theakashictherapist.com. And if that's hard to spell, you can just type in my name, lauramazada.com. That works as well. And one of the best places to find me is on Facebook in Room for Healing, which is a private Facebook group. And I offer a lot of really helpful resources and healing tools. And we have a really intimate, supportive community there. So I welcome you into that for sure with open arms. And I have Reiki courses that are coming up to offer you some Reiki training. That's a beautiful place to start understanding the energetic world and to just dip your toe into really feeling what this feels like and how it can shift you to begin. And my rise Akashic immersion is always open on a rolling basis. And that's really going to take you very deeply into every layer of your healing. It's very comprehensive. And so, yes, you're going to receive healing, but you'll also have the opportunity to be able to offer that to others when you complete it. 
Awesome, Laura. Thank you so much. You're an amazing guest. I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes and I'll also grab the Facebook link uh, for the Room for Healing. I'm, I'm going to follow, join, whatever, as soon as we get off this call. So thank you so much. It was just such a really great conversation to have. We touched on so many different things and so glad that I met you and I will be a referral base for you as well. And for any of you listeners who decide to contact Laura, just let her know that you heard her here on the Path 11 podcast. It's always fun for me to receive emails back from our guests that say, oh, you know, the podcast came out. It's great. I've already had some of your listeners contact me. I just, I don't know. I feel really proud about that, that our listeners interact with our audience, you know, with the guests that I have on. So I usually say that at the end of every show because it is so true, but I know that people are going to be contacting you because they heard you from our podcast. And that just always makes me feel so good to know that this service that we're bringing out there and kind of like getting a chance to introduce people to, you know, the people who are listening, it just feels, feels so good. So you're an amazing guest. You're, you have amazing offerings and thank you again so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. And thank you everyone again for listening. Check Laura's uh, website out. Join the Facebook group. You'll be joining with me. I'm going to move on over to Room for Healing as well. And I hope you get a chance to work with her and sign up for some of her wonderful offerings. So take care, everyone. And I will bring you another amazing guest next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com and be sure to use coupon code podcast30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.